this morning. Um, I don't typically teach from my computer, but uh, Pastor and I talked about a couple things this morning while he was driving. Um, so they're they're headed to northern Minnesota, and um, you know I was talking to him about my message, and he's like, "Hey, let's let's uh, change a couple of things here, which is which is good." So um, I just I love. I love Pastor's heart. Like his his goal is to bring everything to like the simplest form and the simplest uh, simplest way for people to understand. And so I just I appreciate him so much. And and so we just are, are thankful that he can get away, get refreshed. I mean, they're tent camping uh, this week, so um, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll be refreshing for him. He's in the middle of nowhere, completely disconnected. So. So we're like, man, Pastor, go have fun and uh, enjoy your family. They're, they're going out um, with family a little bit. So, um, but yeah, just believe with me that uh, everything, you know, God's heart and message will come across. Um, but uh, we're going to talk today about um, the, the light of life. So my, my key passage this morning is uh, found in John, John 1, verse 4. And Jody, you might have to adjust the audio a little bit. I think my computer up here is reflecting, so just maybe bring it down a tiny bit so it's not feeding back. But, um, but so we're going we're gonna to head to John, John 1, 4. And again, that was my key passage. And then as I was talking to the pastor, he's like, he's like, well, just go back a couple verses, just like he always does and get context, and so I, I love that. So um, I, I lost my place in my notes here, so I, give me just, or uh, I lost where I, w- I was, because I, I had to add a, a couple of things here for my train of thought. So uh, I'm gonna read this, and this is the, the Christian Standard Bible. Um, and it, again, my key passage, John 1, 4. So we're going to back it up to John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the beginning was the Word. So everything starts with the Word, which is God. God is the Word. The Word is God. And let's keep going. He, he was with God in the beginning, so now let's talk about Jesus, because Jesus was what is, is God, but he was with God in the beginning. He is the living word. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. And this is our key passage now. In him was life, and that life is the light uh, I lost it. In him was the life, and, and that life was the light of men. So what happens when, when you turn on a light? Right? You're, you're able to see. If the light drives away darkness. So when there is no light, there's, it, it's complete darkness. There's total darkness. So in him, in the beginning, there, there is life. And that life is light. But going back one step further, in who? In the Word. So the Word 
gives life. The word brings light. And, and so in, in pure form and fashion, Pastor kind of like took a step back. He's like, no, so because I was focused on, on just life. Life brings light. Okay, well, where does life come from? Life comes from the word of God. Life comes from the beginning. In the beginning, God was there. In the beginning, he was living and alive. And then he spoke, light be, and light came. So the word came and brought light and life to all, all that was there. So um, as I was pre preparing, I, I want to share a little bit about a testimony that I don't think I've shared much um, previously. I, I know I've, I've shared several testimonies, but this one, you know, it was kind of a, that dark time of life where you're just out of high school. And for me, I was at a, I, I went to college, um, didn't really find my place in college, took a ski trip out to Colorado and thought, okay, no, I want to do this full time. I want to like quit school. I'm going to move out to Colorado, be a professional snowboarder. Never happened. Um, but, but I loved it out there. But then, you know, I quit school, found a job, a great job. I was working with some buddies in, in the trades. And so I was making, making decent money. And, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is it. This is what I, you know, now, now I got a job. But it was like, I was at that stage of life where I didn't have clear direction what I want to do. I thought I knew, I thought I, I thought I had a clue, but it just was empty. Everything, everything was just empty. And Leah and I were friends at that point. And I, I remember we were at a friend's house. We were kind of like on the back patio, just, you know, laying up, watching the stars, looking at stars. And, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do in life. I have no, no direction. And it was just kind of like a dark, depressed time of my life where I, I had no clue. I, I didn't have direction. And, and when you don't have direction and, it, and you don't have light, it's, it can be scary. Like anybody who's come out to our house, typically I warn them ahead of time, like you're gonna lose cell signal at this point. So look at the map before you get to my house because if you're, if you're trusting in the GPS, you're gonna lose signal, your GPS may not update. And it's like if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you lose all signal and you, you don't have that guidance direction, it's like you're, you're lost. Now, granted, it's country roads. You can't get that lost. But, um, but we've done hikes and everything out, out in, the, in the woods. Uh, um, you go out on, on the Appalachian Trail even. And there's, there's trails that go off like the main trail. And... People love doing those trails, so it looks like it could be the main trail. And if you, if you veer off from that path and you don't have directions and you don't know exactly where you are, you're gonna, you, you could get completely lost. And, and up here, you go to the George Washington Forest out in, in uh, northern Virginia, it is wide open space. Like, you, you could easily get lost out there. So um, the point is... What gives us direction? So in that time of my life, you know, I, I'm so thankful for, for Leah and her encouragement in, in my life at that point because, you know, she just encouraged me. Like, like God has a plan for your life. And I knew that. It, it was one of those things where I grew up, 
I grew up in church, and I grew up just kind of like, um, just looking looking to him for for guidance and direction. I cried out to to God a lot in my in my early days of life, but that transitional season out of high school before, you know, you trying to figure out career and and all of that sort of stuff, and I just I had no clue. Um, so it turns out I I had an opportunity to really turn my focus to God. I did like this this getaway retreat where it was all about like getting in the face of God, hearing from him, getting in the word. And out of that point, he showed me a couple of things where that was kind of like hindering that disconnect. Like sometimes you're trying to figure out why you can't get directions on your phone and you realize, oh, I disconnected from cellular. I, I put my phone in airplane mode and it's no longer receiving signal. And, and there's like that, that interrupt. Well, in my, in my life and things that had happened in my life, I, had, I realized that I had a lot of unforgiveness in, in my life towards, towards people closest to me, towards like family issues and all that sort of stuff. And so I had to, I had to see God. And that's not, that's not exactly where we're going, but just talk about like things that can kind of disconnect you and, and get, get that focus off from where it's supposed to be and maybe stop receiving that light that you're supposed to be able to see God through. So I saw his faithfulness. I saw that he was always there, and, and he kind of steered me back to the word. And I saw the word, and it became light to me. It showed me a path. And in the midst of that, you know, Leah and I got closer. We, uh, we ended up getting married. And... And we were in a, a marriage group then. This was several years after we were married. And God kind of re-sparked that, uh, a light in me that he had spoken, spoken to my heart um, in high school, but basically that you're going to go to Bible school. And so it, when, that, when that light comes, direction comes then. And when you seek him in his face, he's going to give you direction. So light comes from life, and life is formed and fashioned out of the Word of God. So the Word of God has life in it. It's life-giving power. So when Jesus spoke words of life, they said nobody spoke like this man before, and he spoke with, with words of power and authority. And that those words of power and authority brought Lazarus out of the tomb and, and, and gave him life. And brought light back into into his body. Um, so John John one four and five in the Message Bible says, "What came into existence was life, and the life was the light to live by." So again, going two steps back, what what's the light to live by? Life, but life found in the Word. So that life is a light to live by. The Word therefore, is, uh, is life to light to live by. That life light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness could not put it out. So when we have the life of God in us, when we have his word deeply planted in our heart, there's nothing that can extinguish that. Because the, the word of God is the one true thing that will never pass away, that will never fade away. It is our firm foundation. Um, so next we're going to go to John, 
John 12, 46. And this is the New Living Translation. And in, in John 12, as I was studying this, in studying light, John, more than any other book of the New Testament, the, the word that was used for light was used in his gospel more than any other. So John, you know, everybody thinks of John as the apostle of love. He talks about love. But he, he also, it was amazing to me, he talks about light more than, more than any other gospel and everything. So, so there's, there's got to be a connection there of the word of God in love and his light coming in. So John 12, 46, New Living says, I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. So that's, that's the foundation of what we believe. When you put your trust in Jesus, his light now comes and is poured into your heart. In Romans, it says the love of God is shed in your, into your heart by the Holy Ghost. So when we, when we come to Jesus, and, and we'll have an opportunity later to do that, to, to give your life or, or renew that relationship with him, but, it, but when, we, when we look and we come to him and say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, there's a light that is birthed in us that shines through us and drives away darkness. There's life in us that will drive out sickness and disease. Like, there's, there's so much that's placed in us by the life of God. And where is that life found? It's originated in the Word. So if you, if you feel like you're not able to see, if you feel like you've lost your way, if you, if you ever have those dark times or anything, get in the Word, meditate in the Word, and it's, it, will, it will bring light to your eyes. Light, when light comes, we see clearly to be able to act on what we know or have learned. In him is light. So again, uh, going back to 1 John, or going all the way to the end, to 1 John, 1 John 1, verse 5, and this is the, the Christian Standard Bible again, says, this is the message we have heard from him and declared to you, God is light, and there's absolutely no darkness in him. So, when there's, when there's darkness, when, there, when there's that cloudy, confused, I don't know what to do feeling that rises up, and, and there's always times like that. I don't, you know, I guess there's not, there doesn't always have to be, but, but typically in life there's, there, there, there's ebbs and flows, and, and sometimes that feeling will come where like, God, I just, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. But those are times that should trigger you and, and kind of wake you up so you hear your words and you're like, okay, I don't know what to do. If I don't know what to do, that means there's darkness here, there's confusion there. I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to seek your face because I know in your word is life and that life brings light and revelation to me. So in... Uh, I kind of shared a little bit, if you were at Wednesday night, um, uh, I don't even remember when that was. When Our last Wednesday night service, I kind of ministered a little bit, and I've been, uh, I've been reading and studying on this book, The, the God Kind of Life, it's a Pastor Mark book, and in there, it's just, it's just scriptures, scripture uh, 
references and then different translations to meditate on, but about the life of God that was placed inside of you, all based on, on his word and his word coming in. And um, I kept getting confused because I'm like, okay, that's the life of God. Well, Brother H Hagen has a book called Zoe, The Life of God. And so I kept wanting to call it, but Zoe, Zoe in the, in the Greek is the word for the life of God. I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. That word is Zoe. I have come that you may have Zoe. Zoe is life, overflowing life. So when you turn a light on, that light is not, it's not held and bound in one place. That light spills out everywhere. And that's what the life of God is meant to do. When, when the life of God is placed in you, it's not meant to just be there and stay still. Like, if I had the life of God in me, hopefully other people would be able to see it. And, and if it truly is the life of God, they'd, they'd be able to see it. I remember coming, uh, when, when I was going to Bible school, we had had, um, uh, I volunteered in what was called prayer and healing school um, at, at Rama, And that was kind of an afternoon thing. It wasn't required, but it was, a, it was an opportunity just to like go and learn, learn about prayer, learn about healing. And then quite often we would pray and we'd just get in the presence of God. And, and we'd have those times where we would, we'd, we'd get in the presence of God and just you get to a place where it's just overflowing and flooding out of you. And I remember I went to work after one of those services like that, and it was one of those days where, like, you could not slap the smile off my face. <laughs> it's like I just had this huge grin on my face. And I walked in, I walked into work, and I worked in a restaurant, and if you've ever been or in the food industry or anything like that, you know, it's not always the most enjoyable place to work. Not saying that it can't be, but it was not the most enjoyable place to work. And it was just a rough place, and, and one of our main kitchen guys, he was just a, a rough individual. And I came in, and I just had this huge grin on my face, and he's like, man, what happened to you? Who put that grin on your face? I'm like, I'm like God put that grin on my face. And he was like, what? He was like, kind of took a step back, but I'm like, I what am I going to say to him? Like, like it, it was literally flowing out he, and he, to the point where he had to ask. And I'm like, I'm like, I just spent time with God and he put this smile on my face. Like I, and again, you slap me, it's going to come right back because it was, it was that, that kind of like joy bubbling up out of the inside of me. So when, when God puts his life inside of you. It's that kind of life. It's that overflowing life. Um, so as I, was, as I was kind of restudying, going back to this, uh, God, God like revealed something to me. He said, he, he brought me to Psalm, Psalm 119. So let's, let's turn there and we're going to read the whole Psalm 119. Just kidding. We'll be here the rest of the day. Um, Psalm 119, and I, I started skimming through because I was trying to find a verse, and you can get completely lost in Psalm 119. But I was skimming through trying to find this verse, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I, I read it in a completely different way, and I, I started looking at this, and it's like, 
everywhere in Psalm 119, uh, I'll just, I'll just, I picked one that I had randomly scrolled to. How I love, this is Psalm 119.97. This isn't ultimately where we're going, but, but just to show a point. How I love your instruction. It is my meditation all day long. Your commands make, uh, makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is always with me. So now stop for a second. Go back. What are we talking about? We're talking about light that comes from life, and that life is the word of God. So where, what we're ultimately talking about, the word, so it stood out to me here, okay, how I love your instruction. What is instruction? Where do we get our instruction? Our instruction comes from the word of God. And all of a sudden it clicked. David was so enamored by the word of God that he wrote this psalm, and it's constantly, how I love your word. It is my meditation all day. Your word makes me wiser than my enemies, and it is always with me. I have more insight than my teachers because your word is my meditation. I understand more than the elders because I obey your word. Each of those, each of those words in Psalm 119, precept, instruction, direction, all of those you can, you can really replace with the word because that's what it is. Precepts are, are laws or instruction and direction. And so, so David was, was completely enamored with God's word that he had studied as a child. Uh, we actually got to go, go up to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I probably didn't say that wrong, and if anybody's from there, I apologize. They're very particular about the way you pronounce Lancaster. But we went up there to Sight and Sound Theater, and we actually got to see the life of David at Sight and Sound Theater, and it was amazing. If you've never seen or heard of, of Sight and Sound, I, I recommend checking it out. But just this, this amazing production about the life of David, and, and they portray him so well about like how, you know, he, he was out in the field as a, as a boy, as a shepherd boy. Just, he, you know, in, obviously they take liberties in, in stories and plays and all that sort of stuff. So he's like, well, I don't, I don't love being out here with the, with the sheep. And so his mom encouraged him, well, don't just focus on being there with the sheep. Like, focus on spending time with God. And, and singing and praising, like they, they had him like playing his harp and all that. And so it's just, it kind of puts this picture in your mind. Okay, how did, how did David become so in love with God's word? And it's because he was out in the middle, middle of the wilderness with a bunch of stinky sheep. It's like he needed to fulfill his time with something. So he, he was out with, with God, with his word, worshiping and praying to him and, and singing and, and, and just had that time. All right, getting back to where I wanted, <laughs> wanted to go. So Psalm 119, verse 105 is where I wanted to go. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I have solemnly sworn to keep your righteous judgments. I've, it, I am severely afflicted, Lord, and I give, Lord, give me life according to your word. And as I was reading that, as that, as that verse came up in my heart, 
God, your word is a lamp to my feet. A lamp, a lamp is, is light, right? So, so light comes from him. It comes from his word. So when, when David was crying out, he said, I'm, I'm some severely uh, afflicted. Like, I, I don't know what to do. That's, that's essentially what he's crying out. And so many times through Psalm 119, he says, he says my, my enemies have overtaken you, but I, but I can rise above them because of your word. Your word giving light and instruction to me. So I just, it, it, it just came so alive. Like, man, when you get in, into his presence, when you get into his word, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a light. And, and I love Psalm 119, 105, because it says, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And I'm not going to get through my notes at all, but it's, it's so good. Um, so uh, I used to mountain bike a, a lot. And to the point where my, my friends got me to go night riding with them, mountain biking. So we'll, we'll paint a picture here. You're in the middle of the woods, super thick, dark woods, and you have a path, uh, you know, could be 18 inches, could be 24 inches wide through trees, around rocks, over roots, all this sort of stuff. And when we ride, we ride fast. Like, uh, Dale, how fast do you typically ride when you mountain bike? Do you, do you ever clock yourself? Okay. So, yeah, you're going 7, 15 miles an hour, like, when you're, when you're riding through the woods. And I remember, you know, I, I got to the point where where I was in really good shape, and we would fly through, the, through these trails. There's one trail, our goal as like a, a riding group, um, I think there were six or eight of us, was to not hit our brakes at all on this trail. It was a 13-mile trail. So 13 miles, and your goal is to not hit your brakes. And so some guys could do it, I could not, but you know, you're always striving. So, so we're, we're doing this. And, and again, you're, you're going 15 miles an hour. You're flying through the woods and there's a tree right there. So many guys, like if they're not paying attention, they'll, they'll catch like their handlebar on a tree and it, it will, it will wreck you. It, it will completely wreck you. So we got to the point where we were night riding and, and so you have a big spotlight on your helmet so you can see the path ahead of you. Well, it's great to see the path ahead of you. And again, this is on your helmet. So wherever you're looking, that's where you see. But what if you're trying to see the trail ahead and it curves? Now I'm no longer seeing what's right in front of me. So this, this passage, Psalm 105, when I read that one time, it, it just was like, oh, you need both. You need that lamp that's right in front of you for your feet so you can see what's right ahead of you. But yet, he's calling me off to here. Okay, well, I need to see what's, what's up ahead. God's word will show you both. It's a lamp to your feet, so you're not going to stumble and fall over what's right in front of you. But yet, the, the lamp for your path, it's going to light that way ahead and show you what's ahead so you can, so you can know where you're going. So it's one thing to know where you're going, but it's also another thing to know what's right in front of you so you don't stumble. So going back to the example, we would ride 
and we have we have a light shining down right in front of us, so we'd, we'd mount a light on our handlebars. So now wherever our bike is, we see. Wherever we're looking, we see. And that's, that's the power of God's word. His word will show you what's ahead, way off in the distance. But his word will also keep you from stumbling and tripping over what's, what's right in front of you. All right. So I also want to get here, and then I think we're going to have to wrap up already. Wow, God is good. All right, so um, when, when God's light comes, we're changed and, and, and charged by his light. So light is changing. It, it can change you. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I am very, very pale-skinned. If I'm out in the sun for any amount of time, it's going to change me. It's going to affect me. And, and I have been affected by the sun many, many, many times because <laughs> I am one of those stubborn people that, like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out in the sun. Well, sometimes it's just because I enjoy myself. I'll go out fishing, forget to put on sunscreen, and I'm, like, out there, and I'm like, four hours pass by and I'm like oh goodness why do I feel a little itchy it's because you're getting baked in the sun but the light the light of God's word is going to change you it's going to affect you as you spend time in his word it's going to it's going to reveal things you know the um we talk so frequently about the Ephesians prayers God give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation revelation is ultimately it's it's light being shown into something it's revealing so like if you turn a flashlight on it's going to reveal something to you and so that's what god's word is meant to do god give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation typically his word will come and it will enlighten something for you um so psalm psalm 18 uh, 2829. This one also talks about what God's light will do for you. And again, as you spend time with him and his word, it's going to light you up. It's going to, it's going to, you're going to catch fire. So it says, the Lord, you light my lamp. My God illuminates my darkness. With you, I can attack a barricade. And with, with my God, I can leap over a wall. So I think that King James puts it, puts it this way. God, you light my, light my candle so that I can run through a troop and I can jump over a wall. So if you feel like there's a wall that you're facing in life, if you feel like you're just surrounded on every side by an army attacking you or just like, like something, get in God's word. He's going to light you up. He's going he's gonna to light you on fire, and when, when he lights you up, you'll be able to run through that troop. You're going to be able to jump over that wall, get across it, break every barrier. Hallelujah. All right. So lastly, and, and this will, we'll, we'll close with this, and, and again, we, I talked about how spending time with him, getting in his presence, but, but if, you, if you 
maybe don't know Jesus or you haven't ever accepted Jesus or you just need that fresh refilling, we'll, we'll give an opportunity to, for that. But first of all, it takes faith in him. So where does faith come from? Does anybody know? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So it all comes back to the word, faith in the word. When we have faith in the word, we can then have faith in God. And when we have faith in God, he's going to light up our path. He's going to light up our way. But that's what it takes. It's, it's a faith in God for finances, for healing. It's not faith in us. It's not faith in our confession. It's not faith in what somebody else is doing and their experience and what, you know, how they've gotten it. It's faith in God and ultimately faith in his word. His word is what draws that faith up, up out of us. God's word states that his life is born in us or it comes alive in us. So um, one of the passages that I don't think I, I was able to get to, but it talks about his faith his life being born into us because the life of God was placed in us. So that, that faith will come alive. It will be awakened in us by the hearing of the word of God. And so when we hear God's word, when we get in God's word, it comes alive. It, it, gives, it brings light and revelation to us. So if, if you're kind of like, okay, what do I do with this now? God's word, yeah. Um, his word is huge. The Bible is huge. Where do I start? Well, I, I talked to a pastor about this one time, like, you know, going through something. He's like, well, if you ever find yourself just like, okay, where do I start? Start in Psalm 119. Kind of catch that spirit of faith that, that David had that caused him to write Psalm 119. Just meditate in that for a while. Like, like read through it. So Psalm 119 can be so intimidating because it's so long. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. But realistically, it's broken up into what? Um, seven, seven verses. So it's broken up into sections of seven verses. So just take one of those. Maybe even one verse a day for a week. Seven verses. Stick to one verse. Or go a little bit beyond and, and take one of those sections and just, just meditate on that. God, your word gives light to my path. What does that mean? And just kind of catch that, that what, what David was trying to show and teach. But ultimately, as we get into his word, he's going to reveal more and more to us. Another great place to, to, to get into the scripture and to kind of learn about what he's showing is in him, in him scriptures, redemptive realities, Right? Who, who you are in Christ, who he has made you to be in Christ. Because when his life comes into, into your heart, he's, he's revealing something to you. So there's, um, there's so many verses in the Bible, and you can actually Google it, and it, it will come up with a huge list. But it says, if you Google in Christ or in him or in whom, you can start studying some of those verses um, about, about who you are in Christ. Because that life that he's given you, 
pastor's texting me. This is awesome. <laughs> and I forgot to silence my, my computer. I had it silenced on my phone. But, <clears throat> but, but when, you, when you start studying the word, look, at, look up the scriptures that talk about who you are in Christ. And the New Testament is full of it. It's, it's full of those, those passages that, that explain who you are. So in him, we have life. In him, we have his fullness. In him, we have, we have life. We have healing. We have, we have his abundance. So when we focus on that, when we, when we see that, we can, we can build ourselves up on that word. So if you're ever feeling, feeling down or feeling, feeling lost or confused, look, about, look at what he's done. And, and also study on the blood. You know, the blood of Christ is, is how we come, can come into his presence. You come by the blood. Uh, part of, the, part of the, um, the play that, that we saw, the production that we saw, um, they showed where David took the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And that was such an expression of God's love and his redemption because when David brought the ark back to Jerusalem, he did it through the blood. He did it with the anointing of God. So basically, he brought the presence of God in by, by being covered with the blood. And, and in the Old Testament, it was the blood of animals. It was the blood of goats and sheep and all that. And so they show this uh, where, where every, like, every couple of feet, and I don't remember exactly where it is in the Old Testament, but it, but it talks about um, you know, every so many feet they would stop and they would sacrifice, and, uh, sacrifice another lamb. And when they, when they did that, the, the priests and the people carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they then were walking through the blood and they were just covered with the blood of Jesus. Now, that may be, sound gruesome. That may not sound like something that you're like, ah, I don't know about that. Okay, think about a New, New Testament. The blood is Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So you start thinking about, okay, Jesus shed his blood on the cross for me. That blood was shed for me. Now I am washed and made clean and pure by the blood of Jesus. And if I've been washed and made clean and pure by the blood of Jesus, nothing I have ever done can keep me out of his presence. Nothing, nothing from my past will keep me from the presence of God. So when we come boldly by the blood of Jesus, we can go right into his presence. We can go right into his throne room because sin has separated us from God. Sin has kept us away from coming into his presence, come, to coming into, his, into fellowship, close fellowship. So like, think about that. What, what keeps you out of fellowship with somebody? It's typical, typically an offense or something that, you know, you, you have an argument and you just, there's, there's that unforgiveness there where, you know, you can't get into close fellowship. You can't have that close intimate relationship with, with somebody anymore. And, and it's because of something that has come up, that's something that has come in between. Well, the blood of Jesus has cleansed you from that. And so when we come into his presence, we come by the blood of, of what Jesus had done. So, so when you look to Jesus on the cross, 
and you see the sacrifice that he made, the blood that was shed for you, yeah, it's, it may sound gruesome, but you know what? It was necessary. It was completely necessary for, for the condition that mankind was in. The condition that mankind was in is we were separated from God. We were torn apart from him. There was a big rift that came in place, but it was the blood that Jesus had shed for us that brought us back into fellowship with him, that brought us into that relationship with him. And, and as you get into the word and you see that, it's, it's amazing. And then you, you look at what Jesus did on the cross, then you go back and you read how, how Mo, uh, when David brought the Ark of the Covenant back in, you realize, oh, it, it was necessary for that blood to be spilt for the blood to be shed so that they could bring the presence of God back to Jerusalem so that they could, they could do that. A while, uh, several, I don't remember the last time I taught, but, but I was studying this out and it's like everything that was done in the Old Testament was done based on the covenant. When a covenant is made, there is shedding, shedding of blood. There's blood that is, that's exchanged. And, and when Joshua went to take the land of Jericho, to march around the city of Jericho, he went with that covenant in focus, that covenant in, in, in mind. He went with the ark going out in front of them, praising and worshiping God for what he had done. So our covenant is the word. Our covenant can be found in the word. The blood of Jesus is knit through all of scripture. They talk about the bloodline of the covenant, the bloodline that was shown all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the stories of the Israelites. And that blood is what brings us into fellowship with him. So as we close, let's, let's, let's think about that. What is, our, what is our relationship with God look like? What is our relationship with him? Is there something hindering us? Is there something that's kind of separated us? Is there something that we don't feel that closeness? Let's turn it, turn it around. Think about the goodness of God. I love the song that we, that we sang, the goodness of God. When you, when you can focus on his goodness, his faithfulness, what he has done, and he brings us back to his word, his word will show us that. His word will teach us about that covenant of the goodness, of the faithfulness. And each one of us can look back on our lives and, and see those interventions where God has come in and he's brought us through. He, his faithfulness has shown up. And as we focus on his goodness, it will draw us close to him. It, he'll, he'll, he'll take those examples, he'll take those stories, he'll take those, those testimonies of his faithfulness, of his goodness, He'll stir that in our heart. We'll see him for who he truly is. We'll see his goodness and his faithfulness. And all you can do is thank him and praise him. God, you are so good. I thank you for your word. I thank you for giving us light and understanding and revelation through your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for your word. 
God, your word is so good, it's so true, it's so faithful. Your word never lacks in power. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for, for examples in the Bible and your word of David, who gets so caught up in your goodness and your faithfulness and your love. And he writes it down so that we can read it, we can study it, we can sing it. We thank you that your word is alive and living and powerful in our lives. That your word brings light and revelation so we can see you for who you truly are. Hallelujah. And I encourage you right now, eyes closed. If you're going through a dark time or if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's calling you. He's saying, look to me, look to me. I have light for you. I have my faithfulness for you. I have my love for you. So look to him. Call on his name. And he will, he will receive you with arms wide open. He's ready to receive you. Hallelujah. So again, if that's you in this room, if you've never accepted Jesus, raise your hand and we'll pray with you. If you are in this room, and you just want to make a, a fresh commitment to him, I encourage you, just cry out to him. Come to him. If you're online, and that's you, you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let us know. If you're watching a church online, there's a place to raise your hand. But right now, I just want to pray. And we're going to ask you, Jesus, to be Lord of our lives. So, so if that's you, just pray along with me. Everyone here, please pray along with me. Say, oh God, I thank you so much for Jesus. I thank you for revealing who Jesus is to me. I thank you for your word, that your word brings light and revelation to me. And God, I pray that you open my eyes to see your love and see you for who you are. I give my life to you. And I thank you, Father, that you are now my God, that Jesus is Lord of my life, and I will live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.